0: have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. And we are here thanking you for being along with us tonight. We've already made our way through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then through the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, that transition book from the time of Messiah himself to the time of the Church. This is called the Church Age. It's called I personally like more the era of the Holy Spirit. In the redemptive plan of God, this is the time of great harvest and expansion. Millions and millions of men and women from all over the world, every tribe, every nation, every people group, every language, trusting in God, having that relationship with God based on the finished, completed work of Jesus the Messiah. The era of the Holy Spirit. We are so privileged to live in it because we have the entire Bible. We have this record of God's dealings with men All through the past ages, through the past decades and centuries, we are living in the time of the full-blown light of the gospel. If anyone wants to know God, the gospel is good news. Because it tells us that God indeed welcomes us into a relationship with Himself. After we finished Acts, we went into the book of Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. And now into the book of Colossians. I'll tell you a little bit more about that particular book in just a moment. But first, as always, each and every evening we begin our program with a reading from the Psalms and the Proverbs. We call it our Wisdom and Worship Segment. And we've made our way through chapter 24, halfway through. So tonight we're going to be sharing together the second half of the 24th chapter of the book of Proverbs. These nuggets of wisdom come to us from a God-centered worldview. The Bible Life. Proverbs 24, 19-34. Do not fret because of evildoers. Don't envy the wicked, for the evil have no future. Their light will be snuffed out. My child... Fear the Lord and the king, and don't associate with rebels, for you will go down with them to sudden disaster. Who knows where the punishment from the Lord and the king will end? Here are some further sayings of the wise. It is wrong to show favoritism when passing judgment. A judge who says to the wicked, You are innocent, will be cursed by many people and denounced by the nations. But blessings are showered on those who convict the guilty. It is an honor to receive an honest reply. Develop your business first, before building your house. Do not testify spitefully against innocent neighbors. Don't lie about them. And don't say, now I can pay them back for all their meanness to me. I'll get even. I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one lacking sense. I saw that it was overgrown with thorns. It was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. End of reading Proverbs 24:19 19-34. Oh God, you've been so good to me. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. When Messiah came, when the over 300 prophecies are fulfilled, and when he came and he lived and he walked and and died and carried out the ministry of redemption on our behalf, and then the record we have of the church, can you imagine how much light, as Paul went across uh, from the Philippians to Colossae, this great city that we're reading about now, as he went into these cities preaching and telling them, the best thing that you have ever wanted, the thing that you've always desired is that God is there, that He loves you, that He cares about you, and that He's knowable, and that He welcomes you into a relationship with Himself, it is true. He has demonstrated it to be true by sending His Son. The Bible Life, Colossians 2.8-1 Thessalonians 4.12, Colossians 2. Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world, and not from Christ. For in Christ the fullness of God lives in a human body, and you are complete through your union with Christ. He is the Lord over every ruler and authority in the universe. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. It was a spiritual procedure, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. In this way, God disarmed the evil rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross of Christ. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules were only shadows of the real thing, Christ Himself. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on self-denial, and don't let anyone say you must worship angels, even though they say they have had visions about this. These people claim to be so humble, but their sinful minds have made them proud. But they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for we are joined together in His body by His strong sinews, and we grow only as we get our nourishment and strength from God. You have died with Christ, and He has set you free from the evil powers of this world. So why do you keep on following rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't eat, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teaching about things that are gone as soon as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, humility, and severe bodily discipline. But they have no effect when it comes to conquering a person's evil thoughts and desires. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Colossians 3, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth, for you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust, and shameful desires. Don't be greedy for the good things of this life, for that is idolatry. God's terrible anger will come upon those who do such things. You used to do them when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old evil nature and all its wicked deeds. In its place, you have clothed yourselves with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ, who created this new nature within you. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are all called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus, all the while giving thanks through him to God the Father. You wives must submit to your husbands, as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And you husbands must love your wives and never treat them harshly. You children must always obey your parents, for this is what pleases the Lord. Fathers, don't aggravate your children. If you do, they will become discouraged and quit trying. You slaves must obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Obey them willingly because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites who can get away with evil. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Colossians 4 You slave owners must be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Don't forget to pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to preach about His secret plan, that Christ is also for you Gentiles. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not Christians, and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and effective so that you will have the right answer for everyone. Tychicus, a much-loved brother, will tell you how I am getting along. He is a faithful helper who serves the Lord with me. I have sent him on this special trip to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and much-loved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychicus will give you all the latest news. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings. And so does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. And as you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish Christians among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God. And what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, from your city, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident of the whole will of God. I can assure you that he has agonized for you, and also for the Christians at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Dear Dr. Luke sends his greetings, and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our Christian brothers and sisters at Laodicea, and to Nympha and those who meet in her house. After you have read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so they can read it too. And you should read the letter I wrote to them. And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the work the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, remember my chains. May the grace of God be with you. The Book of 1 Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. It is written to the church in Thessalonica. You who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May His grace and peace be yours. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we talk to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your continual anticipation of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that God loves you, dear brothers and sisters, and that He chose you to be His own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true, and you know that the way we lived among you was further proof of the truth of our message. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit, in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you yourselves became an example to all the Christians in Greece. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Greece. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they themselves keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the true and living God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 1 Thessalonians 2 You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you, and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly, even though we were surrounded by many who opposed us. So you can see that we were not preaching with any deceit or impure purposes or trickery. For we speak as messengers who have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He is the one who examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you very well know. And God is our witness that we were not just pretending to be your friends so you would give us money. As for praise, we have never asked for it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But we were as gentle among you as a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we gave you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that our expenses would not be a burden to anyone there as we preached God's good news among you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were pure and honest and faultless toward all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you into his kingdom to share his glory. And we will never stop thanking God that when we preached his message to you, you didn't think of the words we spoke as being just our own. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it was. And this word continues to work in you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews had killed their own prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us and driven us out. They displease God and oppose everyone by trying to keep us from preaching the good news to the Gentiles. For fear, some might be saved. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins. But the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come, and I, Paul, tried again and again. But Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy? And what is our proud reward and crown? It is you! Yes, you will bring us much joy as we stand together before our Lord Jesus when he comes back again. For you are our pride and joy. 1 Thessalonians 3 Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided that I should stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our co-worker for God and our brother in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith and to keep you from being disturbed by the troubles you were going through. But of course you know that such troubles are going to happen to us Christians. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you, and that all our work had been useless. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Now Timothy has just returned, bringing the good news that your faith and love are as strong as ever. He reports that you remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us just as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly comforted, dear brothers and sisters, in all of our own crushing troubles and suffering because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life knowing you remain strong in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy in the presence of God. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again, to fill up anything that may be still missing in your faith. May God Himself, our Father, and our Lord Jesus make it possible for us to come to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love grow and overflow to each other and to everyone else, just as our love overflows toward you. As a result, Christ will make your hearts strong, blameless, and holy when you stand before God our Father on that day when our Lord Jesus comes with all those who belong to Him. 1 Thessalonians 4 Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God, as we have taught you. You are doing this already, and we encourage you to do so more and more. For you remember what we taught you in the name of the Lord Jesus. God wants you to be holy, so you should keep clear of all sexual sin. Then each of you will control your body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion as the pagans do, in their ignorance of God and His ways. Never cheat a Christian brother in this matter by taking his wife, For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to be holy, not to live impure lives. Anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human rules, but is rejecting God, who gives His Holy Spirit to you. But I don't need to write to you about the Christian love that should be shown among God's people, for God Himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, your love is already strong toward all the Christians in all of Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we beg you to love them more and more. This should be your ambition, to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we commanded you before. As a result, people who are not Christians will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others to meet your financial needs. End of reading, Colossians 2.8 through 1 Thessalonians 4.12 This is the Bible live. Thou Thou shalt not go away. What's it like to hear the Bible? All the scriptures, not just a few verses or a sermon, but the Bible itself. Coming out of that radio wherever you might be tonight, the Bible on the public airwaves. And particularly these passages, the ones we're reading, are so applicable to our lives today. These are normal, work John and Mary Christians. Paul is writing them these letters to encourage them, to lift them up, to explain things to them. The, the epistles are so important as opposed to the books of history like the book of Acts. We love those stories, and it's really exciting to see as God works and acts through these men and women, works with them and through their lives. But it is often in the epistles that we find the explanation of the history. We don't want to build our theology, build our doctrine entirely out of the book of Acts, for example, the actual events of the New Testament, because sometimes we need to know what do these things mean? When Peter has that vision of the sheet coming down out of the sky with all these different animals, and when he goes down and meets in Corinth with Cornelius and so on, we have these different events, and we need some interpretation of what do these mean in the grand scheme of the redemptive plan. That's where the epistles come in very handy, because Paul is writing back to these churches. He only was there in a brief time in Thessalonica. In the early summer of A.D. 50, he planted the first Christian church in the city, but remember he had to leave in a hurry because his life was threatened. So at the first opportunity, he sent Timothy back to see how the new believers were doing and so on. The Christians there in Thessalonica were remaining firm in their faith. They were unified, but they had some questions. They were suffering a lot of persecution because of their faith in the Messiah from both the Jews and from the Roman authorities. They had a lot of questions. And Paul was more than glad to, and that's what I'm saying about these epistles, they are so practical in that sense, because there we can find the explanation of some of the things that we see in the historical writings that we might not understand. Well, I wonder what that actually means. I feel like I'd like to give you a little bit of background information as well about the Thessalonians and Thessalonica. I've already told you that Paul and his companions probably arrived in that city early in the summer of AD 50, that's just a few years. After the events in the life of Jesus the Messiah, Thessalonica was the capital, is the largest city of the Roman province of Macedonia, population of somewhere around 250,000 people. The most important Roman highway of the era it's called the Ignatian Way, extended from Rome all the way to the Orient. It went through Thessalonica, so that highway along with the city's thriving seaport made Thessalonica one of the wealthiest, most flourishing trade centers in the Roman Empire a little bit like Corinthians, only it wasn't quite the moral problem. These people from Thessalonia really had an interest, they really had a desire to know God. Bible live with Sophie Dollar, Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com.